0: Here's a question for you. How do Google and Facebook pay their people so much money? You Ever wondered that? Starting salaries at these places are huge. How are they possibly affording to do it? Well, actually, what it all comes down to is because businesses that don't have a pay-per-click strategy dump billions of dollars every month into these platforms hoping for the best. Shoveling cash into these ad platforms without a strategy is a recipe for disaster for you. It's a recipe for success for the platforms. Now, if the thought of shoveling money into a pay-per-click ad platform like Google or Facebook sounds painfully familiar, well, in the words of Brian Tracy, this is not for you. In today's show, we're going to design a watertight pay-per-click strategy that maximizes the ROI of every click you buy. Let's do this. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency that helps our clients generate more leads and sales through the internet. One of the channels that we work with is pay-per-click. Google Search, Google Shopping, Google Display, Facebook, through all its various different channels. We've spent a lot of time and money of our own and our clients on PPC. We know what works and we know what doesn't work. If you've spent money on pay-per-click and it's made you sad, you've maybe poked and prodded at some different channels, but results seem way worse than on all the videos and podcasts that you've seen around the internet. Well, here's the reason that many businesses fail or don't generate the ROI that they could from pay-per-click. First thing that happens is the business owner or marketing manager will hear or read or listen to something talking about pay per click. They think, Great, that sounds like a good idea. They will go to whatever ad platform they've just heard about, they'll open it up, they'll click create a campaign, and they'll start going through the process of building their ad campaign. They'll write their ads, they'll choose their audience, and then when it comes to budget, they'll say, Well, what can I happily afford to lose? and they'll put in the number that feels about right. Now you might be thinking what's wrong with this approach? Well I'll tell you in a minute but first what happens when they click on go live on that campaign? Well often nothing or very little. Maybe after a week or so they'll go into the ad platform for a bit of a token poke you know maybe these ads aren't working they'll tweak the text they'll try some different images maybe they'll play with the audience. Still nothing happens or very little happens and They come to the conclusion that pay-per-click doesn't work or it doesn't work in my industry or it doesn't work for my business. Well, this process, i.e. have idea, go into ad platform, build ads, go live. This is basically how the platforms want you to work. They've designed this thing to be like a slot machine that you keep shoveling money into. They want to make it easy for you with automated audience targeting. Some will even write your ads for you. They don't want you to have to come up with a strategy. They don't want you to have to think through things. They just want you to basically pop your credit card in and away you go. I remember the very early days of Google AdWords Express as it was back then. This was a Google AdWords product that Google brought out. And the basic gist was you didn't really need to do anything. You didn't need to know AdWords. You didn't need to know how to set up a campaign. You didn't have to have any thought behind it at all. You basically just put your website in, you put your credit card in and off it goes. And the ROI was disastrous for the businesses. For Google, it was amazing, right? This is suboptimal for you. This is great for Google and Google loves it, but this is suboptimal for you. This approach is essentially like deciding to build a house. The first step is well, let's just go to the builder's merchants and buy a whole bunch of bricks and tiles and let's do this thing, right? Without a plan, the whole thing is destined to fail. So there is a better and more thoughtful way. Unfortunately, yes, it involves having to think first and do a bit of planning. Now, if you're anything like me, you just wanna get these ads live, you just wanna get things up and running, you wanna start making moves, totally get it. But trust me, these channels all work better when you think through things first. Now, incidentally, we sign up clients every month for our pay-per-click services and we spend some time at the beginning doing a strategy, analyzing what's working in the space, looking at what competitors are doing, uh, designing a campaign structure that we think is going to make most sense based on profit, most profit of different products or services that they're selling. Now obviously all of this stuff takes time and invariably we get clients getting a little bit antsy that their ads aren't live after a week or after a couple of weeks. Now logically you know that it's best to research something before you start putting cash into it but when we're in that moment it feels very difficult to do. We just want the ads to be live. We're excited to see what happens. But pay-per-click is more competitive now. If you just go straight into setting up some ads and off you go you're competing against other businesses that do have a plan. They have thought through what they're doing and they know what channels, which people they're targeting, which products and services they want to focus on. So if you go in with a less considered way, you're gonna lose. So today we're gonna go through a three-step process to design your pay-per-click strategy so you can be a bit more considered and stand a better chance of success. And by the way, we've helped clients scale sales through pay-per-click at double-digit ROAS. It doesn't happen automatically, but you need to be crystal clear before you start building the ads. So in this strategy, I'm gonna give you, there are three parts. We're gonna go through the overall outline of it, and then I'm gonna give you some specific recommendations and suggestions for each of the different parts. And then finally, we'll go through an action plan at the end with some next steps to start actually working on this. Before we do anything, though, there has to be a bit of prep work. Don't worry, it's not loads and you don't have to do loads of writing. First thing that we need to do is establish your goal. Now, I personally hate it when people say first step of marketing is to work out your goal. You're like, my goal is to increase sales like next it's new sales. Damn it. Well, yeah, I know but we need to know what specific route to new sales we're going to get. Are you prioritizing getting new customers? Is that the goal? Are we looking for more sales from existing customers? Are we looking to sell higher price products and increase our average order value? Are we looking for new sales of particular gateway products or services that lead to more purchases later on? Are you looking to generate leads because you know that you're best working from a two-step sale where you're firstly selling someone on a lead gen thing, then you follow up with them automatically over time to sell them more product. Is your goal brand awareness, i.e. you're not looking to generate sales at all? Now generally that's the fluffiest of all the goals, so I wouldn't necessarily go straight to brand awareness. But as you can see, there are different routes to getting more sales. So the first thing to do is to think through what actually are you trying to achieve? Which products and services are gonna be the biggest priority for you? The next piece of prep work you need to do is to think about your numbers. If you don't know what your maximum cost per acquisition can be at the start, then just like when you're gambling and you start chasing your losses, if you don't have a stop loss in place when you're trading or if you don't have like a if you don't go into the casino with only a fixed amount of money things can get very ugly very quickly so it's a good idea to know your numbers before you go in so first number that you obviously need to know is margin how much can you sacrifice of your average order value to generate that sale now a lot of businesses will want to Retain profit on the first sale, particularly if there are, you know, a one-sale business. If you're selling, you know, a car, for example, you don't want to have to lose money on the first sale, hoping to get it on the next sale because people buy cars every however many years. You probably don't want to wait unless you're just building top-line revenue in order to get an exit. But generally, if you're selling a, a you know, a, a one-time sale product, you'll want to re- retain profitability on that first sale. So you need to know the margin, i.e. how much you have to play with before you're losing money on every sale. I remember once working with a client and uh, we actually didn't know their margin. turns out they didn't know their margin either. Um, And we found that they were so low priced in the market when we increased the traffic to their website through SEO, so they weren't even paying per click. Every sale, they lost money. Right? (laughs) They went out of business. We bought their brand name out of administration. Terrible, terrible situation because they didn't understand their numbers. They didn't know what their margin per product was. So how much can you sacrifice for the sale? What's the margin that you actually have to play with? So the next question is, what's the maximum you can spend per conversion? How much are you willing to spend per conversion. Do you want to target break even? If you target break even, obviously that's going to allow you to pay more per conversion, which is going to allow you to scale sales further. If you want to retain really really high margin so you're only willing to pay a small amount per conversion, that's okay too, but obviously it's going to massively restrict the volume of sales that you can generate. Will you want to go negative on the first sale, i.e. spend more in marketing and product fulfillment than you're actually making back? This might sound absolutely crazy, but let's say, for example, that you're selling cosmetics and you know that if someone buys the first product from you, they're gonna, on average, buy three things per year for the next five years. Well, you might be happy to go negative on the first sale knowing that that customer acquisition cost is gonna be invested In someone who's going to buy from you repeatedly we see this a lot now cosmetics being an example the e-commerce businesses are willing to go negative on the first sale because they know that they're acquiring a customer and they know that they're going to be good at monetizing that customer so think through before you do anything what is your maximum cost per acquisition how much are you willing to spend per customer obviously the more automated follow-up email marketing stuff you have in place the better you'll be able to monetize these customers. So that will change how much you're willing to spend as you build a more sophisticated uh, marketing and, and customer retention and customer repeating funnel. Okay, so those are the two pieces of prep work. Firstly, you need to know your goal, like what specific form of new sales are you trying to attract? And then secondly, you need to know your numbers, how much are you willing to spend get a new customer obviously it's going to depend on the product or service that they're buying but on average or by product by service so let's talk about the overall format of what this strategy is going to be so there's three areas to the strategy right message market and method now this is a simplified version of what we go through with clients obviously the thing that we go through clients takes a long time and a lot of research which is beyond the scope of what I can share here, but basically there's three things that we're looking at. Message is all about what's the offer that you're making to someone? What's the thing that you have to tell your target audience in order to entice them to take that offer, okay? So Exposure Ninja as an example. Get a free website and marketing review from Ninja.com. If you need help with your digital marketing, request your free website and marketing review from Ninja.com. it's absolutely awesome. We'll record you a 15 minute video that shows you how to improve the performance of your website. That is our offer. I'm not saying, hey, if you want pay-per-click management, go to our website and sign up and pay whatever, how many thousands a month for pay-per-click management. That's not the offer. We have a two-step sale. Well, it's a 15-step sale, but it's, it's basically there's, there's two pieces. The marketing review comes first. That is the lead gen. So that's it for us. For other businesses, there will be something else. There might be a starter kit. There might be a particular gateway product that you know people buy and then they're in your world. So that's the first piece. What's the offer? And then the second part of that is um, what do you need to tell people in order to entice them to take it? And we're going to go through these in a bit more detail later on. The second component is market. Who are we talking to? Who is the target customer? How do we identify that person so this will be characteristics behavior keywords it depends on the ad channel that we're using so we're going to talk about how you identify your market in just a second and then the third components we've had message market and then the third component is method So which ad channels are you gonna be using? Which pages are we driving people through to? What's the call to action and what happens on the back end of that? So what actually happens? Now you'll notice which channels we're using. That is the third thing that we've looked at. We looked at message and market first, then we went to method. And this is exactly right. What you typically don't want to do is say, wow, TikTok ads are really hot at the moment. I need to go and run some TikTok ads. Well, what if that's not where your customers are? Or what if that's not the mind frame that your customers are at when they're on TikTok? So we start with the other stuff first and then we work out which ad channel is best given the message and the market that we want to use. This strategy, by the way, will evolve over time. Anytime you design a strategy, you're basically designing a guess of how you're gonna get to your goals. So it's going to evolve over time, it needs to evolve over time, but the more thought you can put in at the start, the better planned you'll be, and then when you go off on your journey, you're knowing what to expect, and if you get some stuff that doesn't quite match your expectations, you'll know where to pivot to. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And also don't forget to leave us a review. We really, really appreciate the podcast reviews. We read them, we love them, we share them in our Slack channels, and it really, really energizes us. So please do leave us a review if you're a long time listener, but you've never done it. Today's the day. (laughs) Back to the show. Okay, so let's go through the message market and method in a bit more detail and we can talk through some live examples to make this feel a bit more real as well. So message first of all, this is the proposition that we're going to the market with. What's the offer that we're making and who's the audience that we're targeting? Now I'm going to talk you through an approach that doesn't work first of all because this illustrates perfectly what we're talking about. So I was Googling the other day and I searched for IT solutions company. Now I saw a bunch of ads from different IT solutions companies and generally in that space, the offer is free consultation. What they wanna do is just start talking to you. They wanna talk through your problems so they can help you identify what they can solve. Perfectly acceptable call to action. But there was one option in there, Dell. Now Dell was advertising under IT solutions company. And I saw the ad didn't look particularly relevant at all. In fact, it was talking about something completely different. It said, Dell Technologies IT Solutions, Dell Solutions with Intel, featuring unified workspace, the industry's most comprehensive solution to deploy devices. Deploy, secure, manage and support your PCs from the crowd wherever you dot dot dot. Now I could rip into this for days because they clearly haven't understood the intent of someone searching IT solutions company. They've gone really broad, they've targeted a massive audience, maybe anyone who's searching for IT solutions or something like that, and they've missed the mark completely. But what's worse is the page that you go through to has almost no relevance at all the thing I've searched for. When you go through to the landing page, it is their business PCs and laptops category page. The headline is business desktops, laptops and monitors. We stop at nothing. Firstly, utterly, utterly meaningless. We stop at nothing. That is no benefit to me whatsoever. Total junk. But think back to what I searched for. I searched for IT solutions company and you're advertising desktops, laptops and monitors to me. Now, Maybe they've done some analysis and they think that actually they're quite good at converting people searching for IT solutions but I would suggest it's not that case otherwise they'd have a better call to action on this page and actually what they're doing is they're making the classic mistake with pay-per-click which is we think this person is relevant for us all we need to do is slap up our website in front of them. It's like Seeing someone at a trade show and just lobbing them a brochure from across the hall. There we go. That person's probably relevant. Off you go. Boom. We'll just wait and see you in the customer service department in three weeks. Not going to happen. Total washout. Being in it is not enough to win it, right? Build it. They will not come advertise for irrelevant terms with rubbish offers that don't make any sense and have no resemblance to what the person searched for, you will not win. You will just drain your ad budget. So this doesn't work. It's what we call the hit and hope. Just dump the website up in front of someone who might vaguely be interested and hope for the best. No offer, no specific path in mind. Rubbish. Now you might get a conversion. Sometimes they might get a conversion, but you'll pay more per lead than any smart competitors. So eventually you won't be able to compete unless Dell are willing to just shovel cash in blind, which they may well be willing to do. At some point, they're going to look at their pay-per-click and think, wow, we're spending a whole lot of money here for not a lot of return. And worst case scenario, they then make big drastic changes to PPC, like cutting PPC budget entirely or moving over to a different channel or something like that. Well, it doesn't mean that PPC doesn't work. It just means that the, the plan that you've gone to the market with is garbage. So let's think of an alternative way of doing this. You might, have, you might have detected I'm not a big fan of that approach. So first, let's think about the message. What is your offer? What's the thing that we actually need people to do? The first step in your sales process. We have lots of videos and podcasts working this out so you can go to the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel if you just go on YouTube and search for Exposure Ninja Call to Action or Exposure Ninja Conversion. There'll be loads of videos about how to work out what your first step offer is. But it's basically the first stage of your sales process if you're a lead generation service company or it might be a product that you know is particularly popular with people. um, The first purchase if you're an e-commerce business. for example, I gave you the example earlier of the Exposure Ninja website and digital marketing review. So we do SEO, content marketing, paper social media, uh, website development, CRO, email marketing for small and medium-sized businesses. And we're really good at it and we help our clients grow. Now, rather than trying to sell that service to people, which is very high commitment, very high perceived risk, What we do instead is we offer a free website and digital marketing review. These are incredible. So if you go to ExposureNinja.com and click the button to request the review, what happens is we ask you a few questions about your business, your market, and your goals. One of our senior consultants will then record you a 15-minute video showing you how to improve your website to generate more conversions and how to drive more traffic to your site through each of these different channels. They'll have a look at your competitors and show you what's working well and also what's not working so well so you can avoid that stuff. So all of this gets recorded on a 15-minute video which they send over to your email completely free of charge. So that's our offer. That's the thing that we offer. And by the way, if you haven't done that, you should definitely do it. But that's the thing that we're offering people on the front end. Next, think about why should people choose you? What's different? What makes you stand out? What are the pains that you solve which others don't so for example if we go back to the it solutions company search now i'm getting some local results so they're in and around surrey and london and some of the things some of the benefits that people are using in their ads are things like unlimited remote support 24 7 system monitoring iso 9001 certified over 30 years experience so each of these are Little positioning statements or benefits that they're hoping will grab my attention and make me click on them rather than their competitors. Now, none of these are actually too bad. They're reasonably decent. And you've got to think about before you start building ads, what are the things that you can tell people which make your business stand out versus your competitors? It's not a bad idea if you're looking at Google ads as an example. This is even more important than something like Facebook where people aren't going to be comparing you against your competitors. But if we're talking about Google ads to begin with, um, you're going to be up against all of the other search results for that term. So you need to think about what's going to make our ad stand out here. And your goal isn't to just get more clicks than anyone. Usually your goal is to throw out a flag that really attracts the perfect customer for you. So if your perfect customer, for example, is larger businesses, you might want to talk about the larger businesses that you serve in your ad. So we specialise in helping organisations with over fifty seats, for example, in the IT solutions space. If your audience is uh, people that love horses, for example, you might want to call them out in your ad copy with a specific benefit that's about you. So, for example, uh, buy horse lovers, for horse lovers, or something like that, which makes you stand out from your competitors. So you need to think about these sort of um, th- these sorts of benefits. We've actually got a client in the IT um, in the IT solutions space. In fact, we've got a few. Um, And we found that things like six month guarantee can be a very attractive benefit for people. Now, if you have to choose between a whole bunch of businesses that are offering exactly the same thing, but one of them says six month guarantee. And by the way, I'm not saying you're exactly the same. I'm saying that the offering you're making to the audience is exactly the same, right? You're offering IT support. Now, of course, there's going to be different Uh, operations, there's going to be different experience for the customer. But on the surface, it looks like every business is the same. If you had to choose between a whole bunch of businesses that seem to be offering the same thing, the one offering the guarantee they're de-risking it, right? They're taking on the risk for you. So that's a, a compelling proposition. By the way, this is just as important for e-commerce. So if you're running shopping ads on Google or you're running shopping ads on social networks, product carousels, that type of thing, you need to think about how you pitch your products, particularly if those products are available elsewhere. So what are you telling people which is making them buy from you? supporter, for example, has product ads or general kind of brand ads which say things like ask your personal shopper for a bespoke edit of this season's vibrant collections so their USP their standout their benefit is the personal shopper angle of course they're not they're like some customer service sales person but you know it's about positioning in the ad. So think about how you can be different, how you can stand out against competitors. That's the message piece. Once you've done that, the second phase is market. So remember, this is who we are trying to attract. Now, this piece is going to be slightly different depending on whether you're um, a business that is more suited to search base. So let's say that you're selling, um, well, the example I always use is locksmith because it is the ultimate Needs based service, right? You don't go on Facebook and see a locksmith advertising and decide to call them out, right? This is a search product. You're locked outside your house. You go straight onto Google and you search locksmith or emergency locksmith. So, if you're more of that ilk, i.e., people know that they want you and there's a particular point where they decide that they want you, then you're probably going to be more heavily skewing your PPC towards search. And in that case, you're going to be looking at keywords. So Um, you're going to have to identify your target audience based on what they're searching for. Now, there is subtlety to this. Lots of people go straight into a keyword tool and think we want the highest traffic keywords. We've got a client who sells um, supplements for footballers, for soccer players. And one of the supplements that they sell is protein. Now, if we were to run search or shopping ads for just protein, whey protein. We are going to get spanked. <laughs> right? There has to be a more sophisticated way of doing this because whey protein, remember, they're selling supplements for footballers, for soccer players. So it's a relatively small or it's a it's a niche within that category of athletes and within the you know, within the whole audience that that buys protein. So we don't want to go massive, massive, massive big as we possibly can on this because we're going to get spanked by advertising to the, whatever, the 98% of protein buyers that aren't thinking about this from a football perspective. So we need to go after footballers, right? That's our audience, not necessarily just people that are typing protein into Google. So there is subtlety to this. You don't just wanna go after volume. If you're targeting high volume keywords that aren't relevant, this eats your budget. Give me relevance over volume any day, unless you're in mad audience acquisition mode where you just need to prove uh, for funding or whatever that you can pick up as many customers as possible and you just need to get to a certain revenue target as quickly as possible and it doesn't matter how much you spend. Unless that's you, go for relevance over volume. So that's for search. Now, obviously, if you're in social, you're not going to be targeting keywords necessarily. You're going to be targeting interests, demographics. You're also going to be thinking of different audiences that you can build through lookalikes. Um, You're going to be uploading customer lists for retargeting or website visitors for pixels for retargeting. So think about your audience in a slightly different way. But we need to know who we are trying to attract. Ideally... The better you know your customer, the better you'll do here because you can basically map them. You can design a persona and design all of your ads and all of your targeting for that person. We like to generally, generally, if if a business doesn't know their target audience, then we will start out slightly broader here. So we might not go as broad as the, like just using the, the example from earlier, we might not go as broad as just targeting everyone who searches protein, but we might go slightly broader and target maybe people that are into football as a, just as an example, rather than go football and who are interested in supplements. So if you don't know who your audience is, you're going to have to target slightly broader. And then as soon as you start picking up data, then you can begin to focus your message analyzing who actually is converting on these. Another thing that you need to think about under the market section is who you are not trying to attract. We've got a a client, we know this, the space fairly well, company formation. So if you want to set up a company, then you can go to a company formation company and they will set up your company. They'll do all the paperwork for you and make the process really, really straightforward. So we would target a keyword or we would target someone who is searching for company formation. But we would not want to target someone who is looking for information about the company's Act, right? So someone might be searching for Company Formation, someone else might be searching for Company Formation Act. The people searching for Company Formation Act are not relevant to us at all. They are not looking to start up a company. So if we spend money on those clicks, we're gonna reduce the number of qualified clicks that we can get. So. Think about not just the audience that you want to attract, but also the audience that you don't want to attract, the ones that you actually want to suppress. Every non-relevant click takes budget from relevant clicks. So sometimes this is about not being visible for the things that they are searching for, or uh, for the demographics, the interests, or the lookalike audience that you might have built in social. So sometimes it's about not even being visible for them. Sometimes you can't Uh, disqualify through the targeting. Say for example you're uh, an estate agent for super prime property. Well you might want to advertise for estate agent. You might want to advertise for homeowners in your area. You might not be able to disqualify people through the targeting that aren't in the right uh aren't in the right financial bracket for you. So what you might want to do instead is to disqualify through your ad copy, through the ads themselves. In which case that'll be about the text copy, it'll about be about the images or whatever. But you've got to think through who don't we want to attract and can we Make our ads not visible to them, or if we can't do that, can we disqualify them in the ad so they don't even click? Because whether it's getting them onto the website and then retargeting them with a pixel or building a lookalike audience of these non relevant people, or whether it's just chewing up your ad budget, having these people engage with your ads is a waste of your money. So that's the market piece. The third piece, going into more detail on method. First thing that we want to do, think about channels. Now, we've talked about search versus social. Um, What we often find also, just to complicate things slightly, is that if the audience is in pain and searching for something, we'll go first with search. So we'll get some search based ads in front of them and then we'll remarket to them through social. So let's say that you're searching for not a locksmith because that is a very kind of transient need but let's say that you're searching for a new memory card, for example. We might run a shopping ad to you um, to get you on the page, and then we'll run retargeting ads to you on social and, of course, on you know, on, on general display, um, but remarketing ads to you on social, showing you the memory card if you didn't convert on that first purchase. So that's where you'd combine different types of PPC, but in general, there will be one lead channel for you, whether it is search-based or whether it is social-based. If you're selling something which is impulse or um, that people might say, "Ah, oh, do you know what? I have been thinking about that. I should get around to buying it. Then that might imply that you want to be social first. So, you know, the sort of products that work well on social stuff that people didn't know they thought they needed, right? The face mask, mud peel thing. Um, You know, I'm thinking about those random, you know, TikTok meme products always do fantastically well. A lot of clothing falls into this category because let's be honest, none of us necessarily need clothing. We buy it on impulse and sometimes we can be encouraged to buy it even when we definitely, definitely don't need any more clothing. By the way, not something I'm guilty of at all. Um, So that might imply social first. The other thing to think about, as we've just touched on, is remarketing. Now, remarketing is where you advertise to people that have been on your site, but haven't converted. Generally, remarketing increases the return on investment of everything. Right. So let's say, for example, that you're in the, um, I'm going to use an extreme example because it's really useful. Um, If you are trying to get people if you're a a personal injury lawyer in say New York and you specialize in people that have been in 18 wheeler road traffic accidents so they've been crushed by a lorry okay now it's a small market but it's an extremely lucrative market you might be paying between 250 and 500 dollars per click for these people, okay? Now, if you're spending that sort of money, obviously your com- your website conversion rate is very important. But here's the thing, you're rarely gonna get over, you know, maximum, probably a 10% conversion rate you're gonna get on the page. So you're gonna be spending whatever, two and a half to $5,000 on traffic that doesn't convert for every one lead that does convert. So what you want to do is run remarketing to, that, to those audiences. Um, obviously, you've got to be careful with some of the businesses that you can remarket to on social, but um, you know, th- the general principle makes sense, right? If you've got if you spent that much money getting someone onto the site in the first place, it makes sense to remarket to them given that getting them back onto the site is gonna cost, you know, a few dollars at most, right? Oftentimes remarketing clicks are very, very cheap. And you're not paying for the visibility of the ad. You're not paying for them to keep seeing your brand name, you're only paying when they click. So what will happen there to the to the overall numbers, let's say that you're spending um, $5,000 to get a lead from the cold traffic, well then you might only have to spend a few hundred dollars in remarketing to get a lead from the rest of that cold traffic that didn't convert. So overall your numbers look a lot better because you've gone from one conversion for $5,000 to two conversions for $5,300, which is basically almost half your cost per lead. Makes sense. So remarketing improves the ROI of almost everything um, and search and social remarketing combinations can work quite well for this. The third thing that we wanna think about with our method piece is the landing page that we are driving people through to. Your landing page is so important. We've got loads and loads of videos and podcasts all about landing pages so I'm not going to take you through you know the in-depth conversion optimization stuff that needs to happen on a landing page but what I would think about is this. Most of the highest performing landing pages for pay-per-click are specific to the offer and the traffic that we are expecting to get. I.e they are not driving someone through to your home page or through to your service page or a you know, maybe a product page, but definitely not like a a category page on the whole, okay? Usually you're sending someone through to a highly, highly targeted page. And this is because you're spending money on that individual person. So you wanna tailor that experience to them as much as possible. You don't want to have to force them to search around and browse around on your site to find the information that you need. You wanna give them everything. So all they need to do is convert. And obviously your conversion goal needs to be very, very prominent. If you're using social or if you're using anything, um, your landing page needs to work really well on mobile. And probably if you're social first, you need to be mobile first. Um, You also wanna answer all of the objections prior to the conversion. Now, we've got loads of videos and podcasts, as I say, on landing pages. So just search Exposure Ninja landing pages or Exposure Ninja conversion rate optimization on YouTube and you will find a ton of stuff and lots of examples as well. The final thing that you'll want to think about with method, and this isn't necessarily pay-per-click strategy, but it also kind of is, is what that visitor, what that customer or lead actually experiences. What's the process that they go through? Now, this is something that when we're working on a pay-per-click campaign, we don't necessarily have control over, which can be quite frustrating sometimes, you know, We'll notice that a lot of form completions are coming through to a, a particular lead, lead generation site. And we might test the form ourselves, we might do a mystery shop, or we might just ask the client, like what happens when someone fills in the form. And we find that the process is mm, suboptimal, right? So maybe they get a call today, maybe they get a call later, maybe they get an email. We don't really know, but they haven't really thought through what an optimized process is going to be. Now, if you're going to scale PPC, you need to scale something that works. You need a process that works and that has been thought through. So map out the lead to sale process and make sure that everyone on your team knows exactly how that goes. Just as an example, inside Exposure Ninja, we have a very, very rigid and structured process that we put the website reviews through because you know in a week we might get 100 or 100 plus reviews for websites uh, requests for website reviews now we can't leave this to be ad hoc like oh you know these people like whoever just grab one and just do it when you like that really doesn't work this needs to be scalable and it needs to be systemized So you need to be exactly the same. If you're in the early days of the business, you might not know what your system needs to look like, but the point is that you're looking to systemize as soon as you possibly can. So this isn't necessarily a marketing thing. This isn't necessarily part of your pay-per-click strategy, but it also kind of is because it improves the ROI of everything that you're doing. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And also don't forget to leave us a review. We really, really appreciate the podcast reviews. We read them. We love them. We share them in our Slack channels and it really, really energizes us. So please do leave us a review if you're a long time listener, but you've never done it. Today's the day. (laughs) Back to the show. Alrighty, so let's move into an action plan and let's recap what we've talked about today. So we talked about doing the prep work. The first piece of prep work was deciding your goal. Is your goal new customers, new sales from existing customers or more sales from customers, new sales of gateway products or services, things that are like tripwires into bigger purchases or high lifetime value? Is your goal lead generation? Is your goal brand awareness? So Don't just go, yeah, my goal is new sales. We're just going to drive people to our website and get more sales. Let's think about exactly what type of sales and what process we're going through in our pay-per-click is going to be. The second piece of prep work that we talked about is doing your numbers. What's your margin? What's your average margin on the average customer value if you can't do it by product or by service just give an average and then you know what sort of average you're working with how much can you sacrifice for the sale how much are you willing to pay per sale what's your maximum cost per conversion if you're generating leads you need to think about what your lead conversion rate is what's the profit margin on your average customer how many of those customers do you need Oh, sorry, how many leads you need in order to get a customer and then work out what your maximum cost per lead can be. You need to know these numbers before you go in. Otherwise, you're essentially going into the casino with a credit card, which is a bad idea. You want to go into the casino with a wallet full of a certain amount of money that you're happy to lose right? As soon as you start chasing bad numbers, then things get very, very bad. Are you willing to go negative, i.e. invest money on picking up the customer for the first sale in order to get that customer lifetime value? Many businesses are, and it really helps to scale if you are willing to go negative because you know what your lifetime value is and you're happy to make that investment. So once you've done that prep work, we've got the three areas the three core elements the message what's the offer that you're making what are the key benefits that you need to highlight in order to get someone to request that thing the market who are we talking to how do we identify them on social this will be their characteristics their behaviors their interests it might be their audience if they're a, a website visitor audience from a pixel or their your email or customer list if it's search-based it might be keywords It might be uh, remarketing lists for search ads, whatever. And then the third piece is method. So which channels are you going to be using? This is the first time we decide whether Facebook or Instagram is going to be the best, whether Google Shopping or Google Text is going to be the best, right? We've already done the the other considerations. How are you remarketing to these people? Which channels are you using for that? Which pages are you driving to? What's the call to action? And what happens when we've made that sale? So that is the process that you can use to build a pay-per-click strategy. So all of that stuff happens before you go to the ad channel. That's really important. And by the way, I also want to mention something else before we wrap up here. If you're in a competitive space or you have big growth goals, a lot of the time it makes sense to work with professionals on pay-per-click. If you think about our own pay-per-click team here at Exposure Ninja, they spend their entire lives working on pay-per-click campaigns. They know, for example, if it's a Google ad specialist ninja, they know the Google ad platform inside out. If it's Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Amazon ads, They know that platform inside out. Not only that, but they've seen multiple campaigns across different businesses in different spaces. So they know they might be able to apply something from dental, for example, to, you know, manufacturing because they've seen a strategy or a call to action or a benefit that worked well there and actually no one else is using it in the manufacturing space because they're all just copying each other. So it can often make sense and generate ROI to work with an agency on pay-per-click. If you're interested and you'd like to find out whether it would make sense for you to work with Exposure Ninja, then you can request a pay-per-click campaign review. During this review, we will analyze your pay-per-click campaign if you're already running it. If you're not, we'll analyze your competitors and we'll see how much ROI we think is there. This works across Google Ads, it works across Facebook and all the different Facebook platforms and Amazon and LinkedIn as well. So to request your pay-per-click review, the first thing you need to do is request your digital marketing review from ExposureNinja.com. So click the button to request your website and marketing review. We'll carry that out for you and then mention to your ninja That you'd like a pay-per-click review and this is a little kind of underneath the counter offer and they'll say great okay yeah we'll absolutely do that and they'll give you the details of how to give us temporary read-only access so we can conduct that review for you so like i say this isn't something that's open and available to everyone on the front end but if you request your marketing review first and then drop in that you'd like a pay-per-click review when you talk to your ninja, then they will be happy to get that arranged for you. Little secret there as a thank you for listening to the end. So I hope you've really enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, Subscribe on whatever platform that you're using. And please do leave us a review. Don't forget also that you can check out the video versions of these podcasts on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. Just open YouTube and type Exposure Ninja. You're a functional human. You You know how this thing works by now. Until next time, see you soon.